Good morning, good news. Happy Lord's Day. My name is Logan. I am our student ministry director here for the Wildwood campus. That means I get to work with the middle and high school students uh, here at our church, which I absolutely adore. I'm very thankful that I get to do it. Man, this is my first uh, December in Florida, and man, this is great. This is great. Uh, but hey, this morning I got a few uh, exciting things happening, a couple things we got to talk about. So in the seat backs in front of you, like always, we have our Connect cards. If you would take one of those, fill it out uh, with as much or as little information as you feel comfortable with, we would very, very much appreciate that. If you're new, if you're visiting, uh, if you've never filled one out before, it'd be great for us to have some information um, for how we can contact you, how we can come alongside of you. So even if you've been here for a couple years, if you've never filled out one of those cards, it'd be a really cool thing for you to go ahead and fill one of those out. There's a spot on the bottom if you'd like to mark. If you'd like to have lunch with a pastor, um, you can have Smiley take you out, which that would be really fun. It's super great. Uh, <laughs> so if you'd like to mark that, you just drop those in the uh, black boxes on your way out. Next. We have uh, the study. This is right here. It's a very nice Christmas-themed one. This is a disciple-making tool for you that we uh, publish every single month. There's uh, notes that you can take or a spot for you to take notes on the message every week. You can bring this along with you uh, to your small groups, um, prompts for that. And we're reading through the Bible every, or the New Testament every year, and we're about to start that up again in January. And so uh, that's in there as well, and notes that you can take for that throughout your week. Uh, we're about to start Revelation this tomorrow. Um, so join us in that. Uh, it's an awesome, awesome tool. So make sure you pick one up if you haven't gotten one already. Next, we have our Discover Good News. Uh, this is our new membership class. If you would like to know more about who Good News is, what we believe, um, what the, kind of the fabric of our DNA is, or if you'd like to become a new member, this is your next step. You see the dates there uh, that are available here in December. Finally, we have a lot of cool things happening at our church. So many, in fact, that instead of just talking for five minutes, we actually printed off a flyer for you guys to take that has several of those cool, exciting um, uh, happenings here at the church. And, and if you ever want to know what's going on at the church, if you missed an out, um, our host time, if you didn't hear what's going on, you can always go to our website, goodnewsloves.com, and we always have our happenings um, for what's going on in the life of the church, and you can catch it there if you haven't heard it here. So, as Smiley comes up to preach, I'm going to pray for us. Would you guys bow your heads with me? Our Holy Father, thank you so much for another beautiful morning, a beautiful December. Thank you, Lord, for Christmas. Thank you for this season where we are to remember what you did. Lord, you are the creator, but yet you came and lived as a human being. You died on the cross for our sins, and you rose again. You lived a life like ours Thank you that you were born in such humble circumstances and you did what we couldn't do. Father, I ask that you would be with Smiley as he preaches, that you would speak through him and use him for your glory. And Lord, open our hearts and our minds to receive what you would have for us today. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Logan. Uh, just a reminder, next Sunday... Immediately following both of our services, we will have a congregational meeting for the purpose of electing elders. 
We will be emailing you this week who the candidates are and a little bio on them. So uh, I know you've been reading 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 to pray about who you could nominate to be trained to be future elders. So remember that. Hey, this has been an amazing week at Good News that this week we saw 13 people who profess faith in Jesus Christ. And we rejoice with that. Uh, some of you are aware, some of you have participated. Eleven of those were our Christmas gatherings, that, that we have folks that are opening up their home and a host and a speaker and sharing the gospel with neighbors. And, and so far, we've seen 11 people come to faith in Christ, and that's really, really uh, amazing. But there's something even better than that. Two years ago, we had 21 people who had led someone to faith in Christ. And so last year, we prayed that we would go from 21 to 42, and God went beyond that, and we saw 46. And here we are with a month to go, and God's moved so amazing this week that we've already had 92 people this year have an opportunity to lead someone to faith in Christ. Isn't that amazing? And I'm already dreaming about next year and so excited. That imagine a church where all of us have an opportunity to, to, to share Christ and see a friend come to faith in Christ. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I do want to share with you as well that as we enter into December, I want to thank all of you who financially support Good News. Thank you for your support. But if you're looking at a, at a way to maybe do some year-end giving, we would really appreciate your giving. At this point, we're a little over $200,000 behind where we'd like to be. And, uh, and really encourage you, would you pray that God would give us this day our daily bread? And if you're able to give, uh, maybe beyond what you're usually able to at the end of the year, that would be a huge help to us. What an amazing thing that you're investing in a church that's really equipping their members to win lost people. I think there's a lot of churches that do a lot of good things, but so excited that we're investing in a place that wants to make disciples who can make disciples who can make disciples. Listen, if our God is able to double the number of evangelists, He's able to raise up the money too. So, so let me pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thirteen people and hearing the gospel and you opening them their hearts and them saying yes, thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for, for those that have opened their homes and those that have shared and people that are coming to faith in you through Christmas gatherings. Thank you for 92 people have had a chance to lead a friend to faith in Christ. And Lord, we pray for the Christmas gatherings happening today and throughout this week that you would continue to draw people to yourself. Lord, we pray that you would give us this day our daily bread, that you would meet our financial needs as we close out this month. And Lord, we are so thankful we have your word and pray as we open it, you would teach us. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, did, did you know it's three weeks till Christmas? Did you know that? And so my question is, are you prepared? Because if you're not, we're going to help you. For the next three weeks, we're going to help you be prepared for Christmas. And we're going to do that by studying a book I know you associate with Christmas, the book of Jonah. <laughs> so here's where we're going. Like today, we're going to ask the question, where is Christmas this year? And then next week, we're going to come back and look at the gift you really want and then we'll look at the gift Jesus gives on Christmas Eve. The message is going to be make room in your heart for Jesus. And then we'll stand up, we'll finish with our dad as a missionary. So um, what we're going to learn in the message today uh, from Jonah is that everyone needs Jesus, especially me. The reason I'm so excited about this time of year 
is because everyone needs Jesus, and especially me. A, a Savior has been born, and that's what we're going to explore. So I'd like for you, because it'll take you a while, you, you have your Bible, find Jonah, okay? And while you're searching for that book, I'm going to share with you another verse, because I can find Jonah quicker than you. In 1 Timothy 1.15, this will set up our study of Jonah. I mean, what is it that we celebrate at Christmas? Isn't this this? This, it is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. What we're focusing in on this world, uh, this, this month, is that we're sinners and a Savior has been born. And uh, it's such good news. It's good news for all of us because everyone needs Jesus and especially me. Um, matter of fact, I've been a Christian for a long time. There's two things I'm convinced of. Number one, I'm a great sinner. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. That was a little bit too agreeing. But, uh, but the second is this, that I have a great Savior. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Yeah, that's true. So you've probably found Jonah by now. If you haven't, it's one of the minor prophets. And, and it's really good to bring a Bible with you. Every book in the Bible smells like Jesus, and so does Jonah. And so we're going to smell him as we read through this book together. Jonah 1.1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, right here in the first verse, we meet the main character of the story. No, it's not Jonah. The main character is Jesus. He's the main character in every story in the Bible. Don't you see the word of the Lord? There it is. The main character is Jesus. Jonah is in the story. Jonah writes about the story, but he's not the main character. The main character of this Bible, every passage is Jesus. A little bit about Jonah, since he's in the story. It's about 780 B.C., and uh, is this, at this time, Israel is divided into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. He was in the northern kingdom of Israel. Uh, <clears throat> he's a prophet. A prophet was someone who would speak for God. They would say, thus says the Lord. So the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, and we're not sure how it came. Was it audible? Was it a dream? Was it a vision? But we do know the word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So Nineveh, I mean, Jonah, go and, and preach in Nineveh. And we learn two things about the city of Nineveh. What's the first thing we learn? It's what? It's a great city. What's the second thing we learn? It's a wicked city. Now, I want you to see the two of those together. It was a great and wicked city because we want to do one or the other. It's a great city or it's a wicked city when in reality it was both, wasn't it? Oh. It was a great city. There were over 120,000 people made in the image of God that were in the city. It was a great city. It was a military power. It would have been a wonder. Behold, did you know that walls were 100 feet high and 30 feet thick? Wouldn't you love to have seen such an impressive thing? It was a great military power, but it was wicked too. Uh, godless, immoral, brutal. They wanted to inflict terror on all the earth. It was great and wicked at the same time. And uh, when I heard that, I thought, that reminds me of what? 
Isn't America a great and wicked nation at the same time? Some people want to say it's great and that's true. And some people want to say it's wicked and that's true too. It's both true, isn't it? Oh, what a great nation. What, almost 350 million people made in the image of God? A, a great country. And, uh, and, and amazing economic prosperity. Wow, wow, we're so wealthy as a nation that, that obesity is a bigger problem than starvation. Wow, who ever heard of a country like that? And a military power of unbelievable strength. We are a great nation. But are we not wicked at the same time? Um, I mean, God is not welcome in our public schools, is He? And a baby... A baby's not safe in her mother's womb. And isn't it true that in most cities at night, it's not safe for a woman to walk down the street alone? And isn't it true that not only is our nation immoral, but we want to impose our immorality on the rest of the world? Are we not a great and wicked nation? Has not our nation done many great things in the world, but also many wicked things? So... The Lord says, Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, go and preach the gospel. Go and share the bad news of her sin. Go and share the good news of a Savior and plead with people to repent and to put their faith in Christ. And isn't that not why we're here? To go into a great and wicked nation and to preach the gospel? But Jonah... rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But Jonah ran away. He ran away. Uh, we're going to see three times it's going to say that he fled from the presence of the Lord. And do you know why he did that? He tells us in chapter 4, he didn't want to see the people in Nineveh saved. He's going to say, I knew that you were gracious and compassionate and if those people, I mean, our enemies, if they believed in Jesus, then, then, then you would just forgive them and welcome them into your family. And so he ran. Uh, and, and we wonder, how could you do that? But come on, can we talk? You're driving down the road, right? And someone goes flying by their, you in their car. And what do you say? Man, I hope they get pulled over. And when you drive by them and they're pulled over, what are you doing? Yes, yes, they got what they deserved, Right? But I mean, do you want to get pulled over every time you speed, do you? And, and do we really want from God what we deserve? I mean, what does the Bible say? The wages of sin is, if God gave us what we deserve, it would be hell. Aren't we glad we have Jesus? Because then we get the free gift of eternal life. Listen, everyone needs Jesus, especially me. But Jonah hated the Ninevites, and he had a lot of good reasons to. They were public enemy, number one, of Israel. And yet God loved them. They were human beings made in the image of God. And he said, go and preach the gospel to them. And that shouldn't have surprised Jonah. Um, in Genesis, <clears throat> I want you to know God's love for the nations is not a New Testament idea. Missions is not a New Testament idea. It was God's idea from the beginning. In Genesis 12, when God established his covenant with Abraham... Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. Sounds almost like Jonah, right? Go, go. And then what did God say to to Abraham? Next verse. He, He said, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. 
Now notice that there's two lines to God's covenant with Israel and with us. In the top line, he says, I want to bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. God's promise to his people is I'm going to bless you and then you're going to be a blessing to all the nations. And in particular, he says, and I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, one of your descendants, Jesus, and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so there's a top line and a bottom line. And, and, and do you know the, the, the Israelites love the top line? They loved being blessed. They had the word of God. They had a temple. They had all these great feasts and festivals. They loved being a blessing. But you know what? They did not want to be a blessing to others. Doesn't that sound like us? Don't we love being forgiven and having eternal life and having God's word and having a building to meet with? But do we really care about those around us? Do we? Uh, who are lost and perishing without the gospel, do we? But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, so he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare and went down into it to go with him to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Second time he's running from the presence of the Lord. Now, I, I want to do a little geography with you. I used to think that he was going to Tarsus, which is where Paul was from. But let me show you, these are two different places. Paul was from Tarsus, <laughs> and that would be on the southern part of modern-day Turkey. But Tarsus, it's believed, was the eastern part of Spain. So I've got to show you this map. <laughs> See, Jonah was in Israel, and God says, Go east, young man, go east. And what did Jonah say? I'm going to go west. And I'm not going to go just a little bit, what? I'm going, to go as, I'm going to go as far away as I can. And isn't that what happens to people? When Jesus speaks to us and we decide we're going to run from the presence of the Lord, we don't run a little bit. We run and keep running to get as far as we can get away from God. And I want you to notice what happens when people run away from God. We're going to see the word down three times in this passage. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship and was going to Tarshish, paid the fare and went down into it to go with him to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He was going down, down, down. You know what happens to people when they run from the presence of the Lord? They go down and down and everything begins to come undone. Do you know what happens when families or churches or nations, when they run from the presence of the Lord, they go down, 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 and everything begins to unravel? The Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break up. Then the sailors became afraid, and every man cried to his God, and they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone below into the hold of the ship, laying down, third down, and fallen sound asleep. Now, these were sailors, and they were used to storms. But this was no ordinary storm, and they were terrified. So I've got a question for you. Why do storms come into our lives? I mean, why are there storms? Why are there sufferings that come into our lives? Uh, and, and the short answer for that would be sin, right? 
But let me unpack that for you a little bit. Sometimes storms come into our life as the consequence to our sins. Isn't that what was happening here? That Jonah was running, he was running from the presence of the Lord and the storm came. And so we might choose to drink and drive and we get pulled over for a DUI and we suffer. What is the direct consequence of the choices that we've made? But all suffering is not because of that. Matter of fact, there's a whole book in the Bible. There's a whole book in the Bible to say that all suffering is not the direct consequence of our sin. And what book is that? Thank you, Job. Job teaches that. So sometimes we suffer because of our sins, but sometimes we suffer because of the sins of others. Isn't that what was happening to the sailors? They were too close to someone who was running away from the Lord, and they were caught up in that storm too. So you choose not to drink and drive, But that doesn't guarantee when you go out and drive that someone who is drinking and driving doesn't what? Run into you. So sometimes we suffer because we're close to others who are running from God. And then sometimes we just live in a broken, sin-scarred world and suffering comes into all of our lives. Earthquakes, tornadoes, uh, they happen to all people. So so remember, why do we suffer? Because sometimes for our sins, sometimes for the sins of others, and Sometimes just because we're living in a broken, sin-scarred world. Now, the next thing I want you to notice here is throughout this book, the lost people behave more nobly than the prophet of God. Throughout this book, we're going to find the lost people behave much more nobly than, uh, than Jonah did. Uh, and that's important to understand. The sailors... They were doing everything they could to save Jonah, and Jonah was doing nothing to save them. Because people often object to me and say, you know, Smiley, I know people who don't go to church, and they're way nicer than the Christians that I know. And I say, well, I'm not surprised. We see that in the Bible, too. In this whole story, I mean, we're not saved because we're nice. We're saved by Jesus, right? We see in the story here that these men are doing everything they can to save Jonah and themselves while Jonah is asleep. He doesn't care about the lost people around him. He's not praying for them. He's not helping them. He's sleeping. He's checked out. So the captain approached him and said, how is it that you were sleeping? You're a man of God. You're a prophet. How is it that you're sleeping? Get up. Call in your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. And I read that and I thought, isn't that the church in America? Isn't it? That we're asleep? Surrounded by people who are lost and perishing? Uh, Talking to a realtor recently, uh, and, and I said, there's a lot of people moving into town, aren't there? And he said, there's a lot of people moving into St. Augustine. He said, there's a lot of people moving out too. And I said, why would someone do that? What did he say? Too many people. Too many people. And it just reminded me, I know so many Christians, and their dream is to move to Montana and have a big farm with no evil people around them where they can just live a nice life. And when we do that, we are exactly like who? Jonah. We're just, you know why we're here on earth? 
We're here on earth because we live in a great and wicked nation with millions and millions of people who don't know Jesus. And so we're here to go and to share the gospel, with not to uh, withdraw. Um, how is it that you're sleeping? Get up! Call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. Each man said to his mate, Come, let us cast lots so we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to us, Tell us now, on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? And, and where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? They're basically asking, what's your identity? Who are you? Are those the questions we ask? I mean, what do you do? Where are you from? Tell us about your family. Oh, one of the things I'm so thankful that we get with Jesus is we get an identity, right? I mean, if someone asks you, who are you? What would you say? I'd say, man, I'm a Christian. Uh, I, I mean, I'm a disciple. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. I'm a I'm a pastor. Uh, I have an identity in Christ that no one can take it away, aren't you? So notice what Jonas says. And he said to them, I'm a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. I am a believer in the one true God and I belong to God's people. Uh, so here's a man who believes in the one true God and is a part of God's family who's sleeping while the lost people are trying to save his life. Then the men became, became extremely frightened, and they said to him, How could you do this? For the men knew he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them, Here's the man of God. They're in the middle. He's not praying for them. He's asleep. So they said, What should we do to you that the sea may become calm to us? For the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. He said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that on account of me this great storm has come upon you. Um, that's a strange answer, isn't it? I would have expected Jonah to say, listen, this is happening because I've been running away from the Lord. Take me back to land. I'm repentant. I know my lesson. I'll go to, I'll go to Nineveh and share the gospel there. Oh, but you know what Jonah says? I'd rather die than share the gospel with Ninevites. I hate them so much, I'd rather die than share the gospel with them. Wow. Is that us? I mean, do we have a love for the people around us who don't know Christ? Um, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that on account of me this great storm has come upon you. And here again, we find the lost people. They're behaving so much nobler than... They're doing everything they can to save his life while he despises them. However, the men rowed desperately to return to land, but they could not, for the sea was becoming even stormier. They were trying to keep from throwing him over because they had compassion on him. Then they called out to the Lord and said, We earnestly pray, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life, and do not put innocent blood on us. For you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. 
So they picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Uh, I often tell you that saving faith is as simple as ABC, where we admit and believe and commit. And we get to witness these sailors being converted. It starts when they admitted. We've tried and tried to save ourselves, and we cannot save ourselves. And then they believed. They believed the prophet said that if they would throw the one man in, then his, his death would save them. And so they believed what was told them, and they committed to it. How do I know? Because they threw him into the sea. Oh, they admitted, believed, and committed. Have you ever done that? Oh, we're coming up on, on Christmas, right? And what is the message of Christmas? Remember in Luke 2, Remember in Luke 2, there were some shepherds, and you do know that shepherds were nobodies. Shepherds were the lowest people in society, and when the good news came, it came to the nobodies. Uh, But the angels said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people for today in the city of David. There's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. How can you have good news of great joy for all people? Because yesterday, did you know there were some football games? And there were some joyful people, and there were some sad people, right? There was the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. But how can you have good news of great joy for all people? Here it is. Everyone needs Jesus. Listen, there's something that unites all the people on earth together. You know what unites us together? We all need Jesus, and the reason we all need Jesus is because we're all sinners. Every person on earth is a sinner, especially me. Do you realize that? You see, a sin is a crime against God. Have you, have you ever put a, made a decision without putting God first, ever? Um, you ever disobey your parents? Ever gossip? Ever grumble? Do you know God is not fond of grumbling? Did you know that? Have you ever told a lie? Listen, we have all sinned against God over and over again, and God is just, and He says what we deserve is hell itself. Uh, And once we understand our sin, then we understand the good news of great joy. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord, that God the Son put on flesh and came to earth. And he lived a perfect life, and then he died on the cross in our place as a substitute. Just like Jonah was thrown in the water to save the boat, so Christ died for our sins to save us. He paid in full the awful penalty for our sins, and he rose on the third day, and he offers his salvation as a free gift. He offers to forgive us our sins so we're saved from our sins for forgiveness. He wants to save us from wasting our life to do life with Him. He wants to save us from an eternity in hell that we could do an eternity with Jesus because people are forever. And you know how we get this gift? It's by faith. In Acts 16, verse 30, The question of all questions was asked by a jailer to Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? One of the things that amazes me as a pastor is how seldom I ever get that question. I mean, how can a person go to heaven? How can a person be forgiven? Uh, How can I be saved? Oh, and notice they said, believe in the Lord Jesus. 
and you will be saved, you and your household. The way we're saved is by believing in Jesus. And just like the sailors, it's as simple as A, B, C. And if you've never been saved, won't you? Because one day it'll be too late. Listen, being saved starts when we admit. You can do that now or as I close in prayer, I'll help you. But it's when we admit, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. Won't you do that? And then we believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And then we commit, we trust him as Savior and Lord. Jesus, come in and forgive me and and give me eternal life. And, And listen, help me be the person you want me to be, won't you? Oh, and if you have... Notice what happened after these men were saved. Notice what happened to these men after they were saved. So they picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped. Then the men feared the Lord greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Some people say, well, wasn't that just a jailhouse conversion? No, no. You see, a jailhouse conversion is when people are in prison, and they say, If you let me out of here, if you let me out of here, then I'll serve you. But these people were already saved. The the, the waves had already stopped. They had been saved. And because they had been saved, they worshiped the Lord. We don't gather on Sunday morning so God would save us. Oh, but because He has saved us, we gather to say thank you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you that we get to do life and eternity with you. Thank you. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. And and so he didn't die. A fish came to rescue him. We'll read more about that next week. But I know some of you say, you know, you don't really believe that, do you? I mean, that it literally happened. And and actually, I do. And you might say, well, well, why do you believe that? Well, because the Bible teaches it. That's why. And now, if you've been here a while, you've heard this story before, please forgive me because the new people need to hear it. But this is so good. Uh, there was a little girl, and she's reading the Bible. She's reading the Bible, and this arrogant atheist comes up and says, you don't believe that book, do you? And she said, yes, I do. And he says, you don't believe all of it, do you? And he says, Yes, I do. And she says, you don't believe that part about Jonah being swallowed by a fish and being in there. And she said, yes, I do. And she says, I've got a question for you. How could Jonah be three days and three nights in the belly of a fish and not be eaten by the digestive juices? She said, that's a good question. When I get to heaven, I'll ask him. And that arrogant man says, well, what if Jonah isn't in heaven? And she said, what? Then you can ask him. Yes, I believe it happened because it's in the Bible. And I also have an eyewitness account. Jesus was there and he said it's true. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 38, Then some of the scribes and the Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign for you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation. Now what did we learn about Nineveh? It was what great and wicked. And what do we learn about the time when Jesus was here on earth? What it was un evil and adulterous generation. Uh, Every time you read about a passage in the Bible, it always speaks about being an evil and an adulterous generation. Isn't that true of our time too? Uh, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. 
Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart uh, of the earth. Jesus ties his death, burial, and resurrection to the story of Jonah. The men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Man, everyone needs Jesus, right? And, and especially me. Uh, I am so thankful to be a Christian, and I love Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus always gets his man, or Jesus always gets his woman, and he can even use a reluctant prophet to do that. <laughs> it's a funny story, isn't it? That Jonah is doing what? He's doing everything he can possibly do not to save Gentiles. So he runs away. And what does Jesus use him to do? To share the gospel with Gentiles and to see them saved. Isn't that encouraging? Some of us think, I could never be used. I could never be used to introduce someone to faith. Jesus can even take a reluctant prophet and use them to share the gospel. He can use me, you and me too. If we just go and share. Uh, so everyone needs Jesus, especially me. And, um, and so that brings us to our action step. Our action step. I want you, since we have a month to prepare for Christmas, I want you to make a new Christmas list this year. A new Christmas list. And what I want you to do is list all the people you know who need Jesus. I want you to list all the people you know who need Jesus and let's starting with ourselves. Let's put ourselves at the top. Because everyone needs Jesus, especially me. We do, don't we? Oh. Remember what Jesus said in John 15, 5? He said, I am the vine, <clears throat> you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Wow, no one needs Jesus more than we do. You know what it means to abide, don't you? It means to be with a friend who loves you and stay there. We invited Jesus to come in and be our Savior and Lord. We said we want to follow him. Let's, let's stay with him. To be with a friend who loves you and stay there. You know why that's so important? Because apart from me, you can do nothing. You know why that's important? Everything Jesus calls us to do is impossible for us to do. That's why we abide. Jesus calls us to forgive others. Anybody in here find that easy to do? Man, I don't. I mean, you don't need Jesus to be unforgiving, but you do need him to forgive, don't you? I mean, don't we practice our ABCs, Lord? That hurts so bad. I, I can't, but I believe if you want me to do it, that you'll give me the desire and power. So, Lord, help me to forgive us. I've been forgiven. <laughs> Jesus calls us to love our enemies. How many of you are good at that? Can I share with you something? I struggle to love the people I love. Don't you? I struggle to love my wife, and she's amazing. Every day of my marriage, I walk through the ABCs in my marriage. Every day, I say, I didn't marry Jesus. I'm not Jesus. Oh, man. I need Jesus to love my spouse. Don't you need Jesus to love those you love and then our enemies? Jesus calls us to, to, to share the gospel with the lost. I'm a coward. I have to say, Lord, I can't, but I believe that with you I can. And so, Lord, give me the desire and power to share you with others. Oh, isn't that why we're here today? 
We're not here because we're good. We're here because we're not good. And that everything Jesus calls us to do is impossible for us to do. And so we're here to abide in Christ so that he gives us the ability to do what he asks us to do. The reason I get up every day and spend time with Jesus is not because I'm good, but because I find it hard to forgive and hard to love the people I love and hard to share the gospel. And so I say, Lord, I need help. Don't you? So when you make your list, put ourselves first. Secondly, I'd love for you to put on your Christmas list believers. I want you to put on there the believers you know who are running away from God. Who are the believers you know? They're running away from God. Maybe they've been hurt or, or maybe they've sinned and, and they're running away from God. Won't you pray for them? Won't you pray for them that, that this December that, that they would come back to the Lord? Won't you run after them and say, listen, come back, come back. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. What a great time of year to reach out to the believers we know who've wandered away and invite them back. Um, if they say, I've really messed up, remember to share with them, the greatest sin for a Christian is not any sin we do. The greatest sin for a Christian is leaving. It's leaving. Jesus said, if we abide in him, he will finish what he starts in us. So let's make a list. Let's put ourselves first. Then let's put believers. And then let's put lost people. Lost people. Who are the lost people that you would like to see come to faith in Christ? I mean, we began this story, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. And we saw that, that Jesus said, Go and share. And, and Jonah ran away. And the word of the Lord comes to us. I mean, Jesus' last command in, in Mark 16, 15 uh, and the Lord, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He tells us the same thing, go. You're surrounded by lost people, go and share the gospel with all creation. Um, so I, we'd like to do this together, okay? I'd really like to encourage you to join our Christmas team, to join our Christmas team. When Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, they were fishing with a net. And there's four ways you can be a part of our Christmas team. Let's do this together. You can pray. You can invite, you can come, you can follow up. I'd love for you to put it on your card, what your email address is. I'd love to pray for you because you're a part of the team. I'd love to coach you. Or you could email me and say, put me in. And I'd be glad to, to coach you and encourage you. But imagine all of us joining the Christmas team together. You can pray. Would you pray for our Christmas gatherings? Some have already happened. Some are happening today and throughout the week. People opening their hearts and their homes to invite neighbors. And won't you pray that lost people would come when they hear the gospel, that people will come to faith in Christ? Pray for our Christmas Eve services. They'd be filled with lost people. Pray for the people you'd like to invite. Pray. Invite. <clears throat> Christmas Eve is perfect this year. Christmas Eve is on a Saturday. So you don't have to come like on a Christmas Eve and Sunday. It's all on the same day. Isn't that cool? So we will not have morning services on that day. We're moving our two morning services to the afternoon and adding one. So we'll have three services on that day at 3, 4.30, and 6 o'clock. 
and we have these really neat invitations, all the details of the services on them. There's a table in the lobby. You can pick them up. Grab a handful. The people you're praying for, invite them to come with you. Everyone you meet, invite them to come, invite them to come. Even if you're not going to be here in town, you could still be a part of the team and you could pray and invite and follow up. If you're here in town, also come. Come early so that you can welcome our guests. When it's time to participate, sing because Jesus said people will know our Christians by the love we have for one another. Help us fill up the room so full of love and joy that when lost people come in, they say, I don't know what these people have, but I want it. And... Uh, if the people you invite come uh, won't, and come to faith in Christ, won't you follow up with them? Won't you invite them to follow Jesus with you? Maybe you say, well, I, I don't know how, Smiley. I don't know how. We would love to equip you. We would love to equip you to disciple others so that when your friends come to faith in Christ, you could invite them to follow Jesus with you. Um, and I am so excited. I'm so excited that this is December. Won't you join us? Listen, won't you join our Christmas team and let's work together to make this a December to remember. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so thankful <clears throat> that you came to save sinners, even me. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins, to pay the full and awful penalty and rising and offering us salvation as a free gift. Listen, if you've never been saved, won't you? One day it'll be too late. A life and eternity are a terrible thing to waste. Jesus is here. Won't you tell him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and be my Savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. If you've done that for the first time, way to go. Won't you mark that on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. And oh, Jesus, I pray for those of us who've received you, that we would make a Christmas list, that we would put ourselves on there, and we would be very careful this month to abide in you because no one needs you more than we do. Lord, I pray that we would put on a list those believers, brothers and sisters we have that have wandered away, that we might invite them to follow Jesus with us. And, oh, Lord, I pray that we would list lost people. Lord, I pray for the Christmas gatherings this week, that homes would be filled with love and speakers would share the gospel and you, Holy Spirit, would draw people to you. Lord, that you would fill up our Christmas Eve services and many would be one to you. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.